Hi, and welcome back to No Crying in Baseball. This is episode 36, Father's Day edition. My name's Patty, and I'm hoping that all you dads out there today are spending some time with your kids and with baseball, watching your kids' game, having a catch, going to an MLB game, whatever you're doing. I hope baseball is part of your Father's Day tradition. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. And I want to say a special happy Father's Day to my dad, who is now our number one fan. For those of you who are new listeners, a few episodes back, I was a little bit stressed out because my dad was about to find out about this podcast because he was visiting. And the key is my dad doesn't know that I use foul language at all. I still find that hard to believe. It, you are not as young as you used to be. I mean that in the best way. Yeah, I understand that. I do understand that. But it, it was true. But we saw it go by pretty smoothly. And now, Dad, you're listening. So happy Father's Day to you. We had a good week with all-star volunteering. You may, may have heard our trials and tribulations in past weeks about us trying to sign up for all-star volunteer that slots. That was such a fucking pain in the ass. It Talk was, about like letting it go right now. That was a pain in the ass. It was. And they finally figured it out mostly. I have three slots. You guys have two slots. We don't know what they mean yet, but we are going to be working events around the all-star game. So hopefully we'll get some good stories for those. But thank you, all-star organization, for making it work. Troubleshooting at its medium best. Medium best. I think I might write a little bit of letter of things that could have perhaps gone a little bit more smoothly. But thank Thank you. Yes, I'm excited. I'm excited to be outside during the play ball thing for the All-Star game. And I'm excited that baseball is now center stage. You know, Wait, no more cross-training, right? Because only baseball from here on out. So that's what I was thinking, right? So yeah, basketball playoffs are over. Hockey playoffs, and God, we know this in D.C. are over after a bunch of drunken capitals. Just they're, they're, I don't around. think they're over with that yet, but the parade's over. There you go. Maybe the celebration's not quite over. And I'm thinking, yay, now we get to think about baseball, but hello, World Cup. So I'm wearing my Costa Rica hat right now. In the past couple of days, we've been I've been cross-training with some World Cup games, as have a lot of MLB players are very excited about this. Especially shout out to the Mexican players. Mexico just won against Germany, one to zero. And as we're watching the World Cup, I'm thinking about these exciting athletes and what would it be to have a soccer boyfriend team? Like we have our baseball boyfriends for this podcast that we've picked for their endearing qualities on and off the field. What would that look like for soccer? And there's a lot of standard shape and size among soccer players. Muscular, maybe mid to late 20s. Not too heavy, not too thin. That and doesn't thinking, sound so bad the way you're describing it, really. It depends on your taste, I guess. And, and we being women of a certain age, maybe we want more than one type available. And when you get soccer boyfriends, they're that type. Basketball boyfriends, they're going to be tall. They're out of my league. Football boyfriends, they're going to be big and pretty stur sturdy. But your baseball boyfriend, what variety? You have everything from Little Altuve to Huge Judge. You have everything from 19-year-old Juan Soto to 44-year-old, 45 now-year-old Big Sexy Cologne and all of his uh, girth, right? So you can get <laughs> your baseball boyfriends in different heights and widths and ages. I mean, what more could you ask? I can't think of a, a darn thing more than I could ask about that. Let's talk about some of our baseball boyfriends. Our baseball boyfriends. So we have these baseball boyfriends for our fantasy baseball boyfriend league that were carefully chosen by us in the off season, very carefully for all sorts of wonderful characteristics. I chose T Trey Turner from our very own Washington Nationals, basically because he's a kick-ass shortstop and I really needed a shortstop on my team. He is so kick-ass that he is now leading the league tied with my Braves boyfriend. 
and Der Inciarte for 20 steals. So I've got two stealing boyfriends. Is that cool? You like fast boys. Fast boys. That's my takeaway. Fast boys who steal. That sounds Wait a really minute. bad. <laughs> I see another conversation coming All up right. soon about your choice in boyfriends. Let's Although go- I, I totally endorse both of these. They're 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 good choices. So let's go back to them. And both of them tied with with number of steals, but Trey's got a little bit of an edge there because he has a ninety five point three percent success rate. He does not get caught. He does not get caught stealing. Whereas in Ciarte. Still pretty decent, 74.1%, but not quite up to our nationals guy. Trey is like the equivalent of us lying with exact figures. It's okay, as long as you don't get cut. Cool other stat about Trey Turner that I learned the other day watching the Nationals game. He just stole his 100th career base. Yay, Okay, That's really cool. And he is the fourth fastest active (laughs) player. Oh, there he is being fast again by the number of games it took him to get there. He's behind Billy Hamilton. He's behind my Mariners boyfriend, D. Gordon. And he's behind a former boyfriend of yours oh. that you wrote off so hard, so fast. Ellsbury. Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. yeah, that is the one Red Sox shirt that I got rid of that went to Value Village when he went to the Yankees. That was the, the day it happened. You were in the it car. You were, go, you were going to the thrift store. It was out. But congrats to you for having another very fast boyfriend with D. Gordon there. Who's... One more point about Trey Turner. He is the second fastest in history to get to 100 stolen bases and 30 home runs. Second ever. So that is pretty cool. So go, Trey. You made a good pick, and I want to take a little bit of credit for You it. totally get credit, because he was in that family picture that you have of yours, and he looks like your son. So I kind of felt like one one of us had to get him. You had Rendon already. So I refer to Trey Turner as my oldest child, but not my firstborn. In other boyfriend news, I'm having a really hard time hanging on to Denard Spann. He's the best! He's he's rocking it. He's spectacular. What's the problem with Denard? He's rocking it against my Red Sox. Ooh. He's fucking Ooh. making me miserable with rooting for him when he's torturing my Red Sox. So this past weekend, Just Red Sox, he is. He is, and he's doing it well. I understand. But this is making this whole boyfriend situation just a little bit more stressful for me. Juggling the boys is always hard. That I was going to have a problem doing stuff beyond the Red Sox. And this is making it really rough because he ruined opening day. Most recently, the reason why I'm talking about him is because he ruined the the Mariner series. Well, Friday night. The Red Sox were behind. By ruining, you mean he was a big winner for the Mariners. So he was I get doing points. his job. He I get, get points. Yes, he was spectacular. It was, it was awesome. Kind of. <laughs> kind of. You can't deny he was awesome. It, it was didn't a, work out well for you as a Red Sox fan. True. Yes. It was an exciting game. So the Red Sox are behind six to nothing. And they rally back against a guy that we've been talking about a lot in this podcast, James Paxton, who's been in the Big Maple, been an amazing pitcher this season with huge amounts of strikeouts and his no-no and all this stuff. Red Sox take care of him in two and two-thirds innings, his shortest outage this um, this season. Red Sox come back, get six runs, I think it was, in the third inning. And then Denard Spann gets a two-run double off Matt Barnes in the eighth inning, and he was pinch hitting. He was pinch hitting. So they brought him in to do his job. And yes, I should be happy. They brought him in to do his job. He did his job. The Mariners won seven to six. 
here's my thing about Denard. He is a boyfriend you should be proud of. You mm-hmm. should be embracing Denard Span, and yet you're giving him crap, and you're embracing the guys that are, you know, a little shady, well, or shall we say? I, well, I've hung on to him though, so I've been. You have followed him for three teams fa- now. This is your third team in like three months, yeah. basically. Yeah. And I basically had to like fuck up my my changes, my my picks in the beginning of our our b- boyfriend teams because I was following him because I chose him on the Giants. He didn't even make it to opening day on the Giants, so then I took him on the Rays. And then on the Rays is when he messed up the Red Sox opening day. It was at Rays, but it was baseball opening day. Red Sox, I was watching the game all excited. They're winning four to nothing. Span again is up. Bases loaded. Full count. Gets a triple. Drives in three runs and the Red Sox go down. It was actually the same location as where he hit this another game-winning run against my Red Sox. So, yeah. I would see that as him being a very dependable boyfriend. And I, I endorse you having dependable, good guy boyfriends. And I love Denard Span and every one of his gray hairs. Oh, look, diversity and age and size and shape of boyfriends. It's there it is. True. That's I, I do love his mugshot with the, the gray streaks in his beard. Very sophisticated looking. And I've followed him through three teams now. So from Giants to the Rays and now on to the Mariners. I'll stick with them, but man, he's making it hard for me. I want to talk some more about the Mariners because they are on a hot streak right now. And I don't I know it. Everybody's it. talking about the Mariners, but at least we can talk about it in the context of our boyfriends. And I mentioned D. Gordon already in the in the context of Trey Turner mm-hmm. and and his reaching his milestones and 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 D. Gordon was number two on that list. Um so D. Gordon is now playing second base for the Mariners now that Cano is on suspension, right? My um, boyfriend. That, yes, <laughs> My but not anymore. You helped me break up break up. With I did, him, which I, I did. Very I'm much here for you. Appreciate. I am here for you, potty mouth. So D. Gordon is back to his natural position of second base. Um, he is leading the American League in stolen bases with 19. So he's just behind both of your boyfriends. Mighty close. Right? So Mighty that's close. pretty awesome. And he's playing very sexy defense back hey. at second base. So the Mariners have been on this hot streak since Cano's suspension started. Coincidence? I don't know. But all of a sudden, all these things are clicking into place. They swept the Angels last week. Wow. They won two from the Red Sox, which no one saw coming, right? And they're playing playing right now, so we'll find out what happens there. The Mariners are 21 games over 500, which is their best over 500 record since 2003. Holy shit. That's a long stretch. That's a really long stretch. It's a really long stretch. So the Mariners are kind of on an upswing, and I hope it lasts. Interesting thing about D. Gordon is they say that, you know, Cano will be back towards the the end of the season which is weird which That's is weird because it's an 80 game suspension so he com- comes in lot. way at the end mm-hmm. of the season and the manager of the mariners who said no d gordon is going to stay at second base primarily because well number one he's being he's terrific at second base but also uh-huh. because part of cano's suspension one of the the um regulations. One, right. of, one of the things about it is that you can't play in the postseason. And all of a sudden, that's a possibility for the Mariners, right? They're on such yeah. an upswing that they may make it to the postseason. If so, they need D. Gordon at second because Cano cannot play in the postseason. We talk a lot about sadness about boyfriends leaving on the DL. I want to tell a happy story about boyfriends coming back from the DL. I like happy stories. So last week we talked about um, Atlantis Diaz of the Toronto Blue Jays coming right. back and doing really well. I'm less excited about that this week because they've been playing the Nationals and Diaz has been great and the Nats have been not so great. So it's so fighting me in the butt. you feel my pain with the, the, the I do, but thing. you know what? I'm still happy when my boyfriend does well. I got to say. All right. It's okay because yeah. it's not his fault. Well, see, it's, it's less Diaz's fault. I mean, whereas Span has had like these really specific plays, yeah. right? But anyway, so my... Philly's boyfriend, Reese Hoskins, who was a replacement boyfriend because of old DL issues before, is back. 
He left on the DL because of a hairline fracture to his jaw, which was ugly. They were playing the Dodgers. He was he was a bat. Kenley Jensen was uh, Jensen was pitching. Who's actually my boyfriend. I have, Who's the your Dod- boyfriend? I have the Dodgers pitching. Hoskins fouled off the ball and it hit him in the jawbone. Oh my God. Right? I can't believe it was just a fracture. He that played the like next day. Smashed. He played the next day. Oh. And they said, you know what? Wow. No, we should get an x-ray. So he was out on the DL because of, they call it a fractured jaw, but that, that gives me visions of being wired shut and all that. It's not that. It was a hairline fracture. He's back. Oof. He came back on June 9th and he's now wearing a helmet with a double C-flap, you know, those little protectors, because he's got the one side that faces, you know, when he's batting, which is where they usually have them, but the foul ball hit him on the other side. So he's got one on each double side. Double C, is that like a W? Because if you put it, two Cs together, it's kind of W-shaped? That's it. It's, a w just, flap? It's, it's almost a football helmet when you look at Excellent. it. It's really kind of weird. But he's back and he's hit three home runs since June 9th. He had his first three-hit game this season. He was a triple short of the cycle against the Rockies, right? But the my favorite thing, my favorite thing was playing the Brewers. He hit a home run off the glass windows of the stadium club. And probably scared the shit out of all the people who were in there sipping their cocktails. <laughs> so Miller Park has one of those restaurants with the glass front windows like a lot of ballparks have right now. So yeah, with these little tables, the white white tablecloths, and this, right, this home run place. ball comes wax the, the the glass window. It was his hardest hit home run of the season. And we know this because of StatCast. He hit it 112 miles per hour, hit it 431 feet. That's some well-engineered glass then. Right? If it, if you think they're planned for on. that. Oof. They've got a plan yeah. for that. Yeah, but I, I would have been, there would have been some spilled beverages at my table mm-hmm. if that were coming at me. But I will never be able to afford to yeah. sit in such a club. <laughs> I was, I was so in the cheap that. seats where we sit, not a problem ever. We can't even catch foul balls in our beers because we're so high up. Um, but Gabe Kepler, the uh, the manager of the Phillies, is citing the leadership provided by Reese Hoskins now that he's back in the lineup nice. because he does his job. He works hard. He gets up there. He plays hard every single time. And the Phillies are on a little bit of a turnaround. They had kind of a slump. Jake Arrieta was kind of railing on all of his teammates right. with kind of good reason. And some of the other folks actually backed him up that they weren't playing as well as they should. It wasn't managerial decisions. It was players missing things they shouldn't miss. And they're better now. And so the, the manager saying Reese Hoskins has something to do with that. So welcome back. I like a happy story. People coming back from the DL instead of going on the DL. Yeah, and, and more kudos to Kapler and his rookie year is in a tough situation with a turnaround team. It seems like he's heading in the right direction at this point. Otani Watch. This Otani Watch segment may be getting a little bit shorter in the upcoming weeks because Otani is to be reevaluated in three weeks for the potential of Tommy John surgery. Nothing is definite right now. Last week, we talked about his elbow injury that you educated me on, UCL, for ulnar elbow. I got it now. And he got some injections. He got some treatment. And we're waiting. And there's rumors about Tommy John surgery. What that means for the Angels is kind of crappy because it hurts them both ends. They got him. He was doing great at the beginning of the season. Had a rough time in spring training. Scared everybody a little bit. Started doing great in the beginning of the season. And out of the blue, I mean, had you heard about any potential injury in- issues? To it was look just for blister him? after blister. Right. It was nothing serious and, and chronic. And then here's this big deal thing. See above, where we mentioned that the Mariners just swept the Angels. All of a sudden, they're really missing Otani. This week, in Juan Soto land, 
everyone who is not talking about the Mariners is talking about Juan Soto. I love Juan Soto. He has great walk-up music. Back to your blog with what a walk-up song should be. He he break he he lightens the day for me and that's Parks. He does. And he's got two new nicknames. He hit two home runs in Yankee Stadium. That's I love him. I love right? him. Just that's for that so alone, great. right? And because of hitting two home runs in Yankee Stadium, Yay. someone, and I have yet to figure out who it is, has nicknamed him Childish Bambino. So and perfect. For those of so you perfect. who are not longtime baseball fans, Bambino was a nickname for Babe Ruth. And for those of you who are not huge uh, rap fans, Childish Gambino is actually the name of, of Donald Glover. And if you try to do a Google search on Childish Bambino to figure out who's the one who came up with the nickname, Google doesn't believe you. And they keep giving you Donald Glover but references. But that's not such a bad thing because look at his videos. Pretty good. We're, 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 we're big Donald Glover fans. That's okay, too. But he has two nicknames now. So Childish Bambino and also he's been referred to as The Truth and La Verdad. So people love him in, in a couple of languages now. And he's getting a lot of comparisons to Ken Griffey Jr. Part of that was because of homering as a teenager in Yankee Stadium. So good. There's an article in The Athletic where Kevin Long, who is the batting coach for the Nationals, talked to Mike Rizzo, the general manager of the Nationals, May 20th, when they brought up Juan Soto and said, this kid will not go back. And the Nationals are going to have to make room for him any way they can. They've been dealing with a lot of DL things and people coming back. I know Murphy just came back, right? And we've been talking about some other players. So keeping Juan Soto up there has to be part of this complicated puzzle. And I think we've talked a lot about how Juan Soto is really the such a great example of a rookie with maturity. He's 19 years old. He has patience to get the walks. He's also getting the hits, but he knows how to watch the ball. On my other team, my A team, as opposed to my B team being the Nationals, the Red Sox, Devers, Rafael Devers, has not quite been as successful this year. And he has the skills and he has that youthful energy, but he doesn't have the patience of Soto. So Alex Cora Ooh, actually- the patience of Soto. That sounds biblical. The patience of Soto. <laughs> I like that. We should, we should coin that. So- Alex Cora, the wonderful rookie manager of the Red Sox, who I just adored just because, I don't know, he seems like a really good guy. He relates well to the players. He's come up with an incentive program for Rafael Devers. He's going to give him a $50 Chipotle gift card for every walk he gets because he's trying to train him. So Soto has it naturally, right? Soto's taking the walk. Don't tell Soto because he's going to say, wait a minute, I'm missing out oh, right. on Where's Chipotle? my Chipotle? Screw this. I want my Chipotle. We can, and Davey Martinez is going to be sunk in between these rookie managers. Yeah. So he's giving him 50 bucks for the walk and a $100 gift card if he gets an uh, uh, opposite side, opposite field. Opposite field hit? Home run. Oh, home run. run. It's got to be yeah, for 100 okay, bucks. Okay, good. Okay, 100 good. bucks, yeah. it's got to be an opposite he's gotta work hard side for that. home run. So he's got to work hard for that. So that's the Red Sox incentive program, uh, trademark Chipotle, right next to it. When my daughter played local rec league basketball when she was <laughs> very young, she would not get close to the basket. So her dad and I said, we'll pay you a dollar for every shot you attempt from the paint. That's brilliant. Good parent. I think it only cost us five bucks, unfortunately, so it may not have been as effective as the Chipotle <laughs> work with the with the Red Sox. But there's there is a you know there's there's, there's it's it's been done. But there it's been were, done. those were five times. There's precedent we'll see, for this, you know. And Chipotle is getting some great advertising out of it. I would think. <laughs> We've been talking a lot on this podcast about the Buster Posey rule and the fact that the catcher 
can't block the plate coming in, but if they're off the baseline and they get slid into, that's no good anymore. Right. The the base runner coming into home plate can't slide out of the baseline in order to take out the catcher. They have to be aiming for the base. We're talking safety here, right? This Absolutely. Is because of, of your boyfriend, right? Your Giants boyfriend, Buster Posey, got injured for quite a while because he was smashed into. This past week, we had a legal play that still looked ugly. So this did not break the 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 Buster Posey rule, but Dodgers outfielder Matt Kemp plowed, I mean just ran into the Rangers catcher Robinson Chirinos and he and it was okay by the Buster Posey rule because Chirinos was in the base path or on the base, right? And he he just ran into him, sort of like a bull. He didn't even slide into him. He just bowled him over. The catcher was in the baseline because that's where he fielded the ball. Uh He was not on home plate. He was between the runner and home plate, but he had just caught the ball. So he could be there because he was fielding the ball. And... The the base runner, Matt Kemp, who's having a breakout year, by the way, Kemp's oh, doing sure. spectacular right now, ran at him full bore because he he was still kind of far out. So he would just be starting the slide, but he didn't want to start the slide for a pretty personal but good reason. Yeah. In 2000, was it 13? He fractured his ankle doing a hard slide. And it was ugly. Plate. And it you were saying in it, DC. It, it almost. Oh, was it here? It was here. It was in DC. Yeah. And it almost ruined his career. I mean, that it could did. have been a, a huge deal for him. So understandably, he's a little cautious about this. And what the fuck else was he supposed to do at this point? He's heading for home. He just has to keep going. He's going full speed. But the Chirinos gave the first push, I think. It ended up being a little bit of a push fight, right? And they both got ejected because right. they were pushing at each right. other. Right. It was not illegal, but it was violent. And Kemp was very clear to say, I didn't get ejected because it was a bad hit. It, it was almost like a hockey hit. It really was. He kind of like shouldered him as he went by. It was it, it was a tough he hit. He could have been on skates coming it, in like It that. was violent, but it was not illegal. And, and both sides say it was not illegal, but it was violent. And the catcher got up and he was ticked because he was hit hard. So he shoved Kemp. Kemp shoved back. They were both thrown out. And that's totally fair because they were thrown out for the right reason. They were thrown out for the fight, not for the hit. We're going to get a little bit more serious for a minute. We've been talking a little bit about the how the Me Too issues roll over into baseball sometimes. And this situation is a little bit of a, a complicated combination of that plus some other factors. We're talking about Pirates infielder, third baseman and shortstop. And you helped me with the pronunciation here. I'm not good with my Korean. Sung Ho Kong. Is that right? That's correct. Sung Ho Kong was convicted of three DUIs and alleged he was alleged to have committed sexual assault. He was just reinstated on the Pirates 40-man roster. The reason why he was out was because of the third DUI. It's a little bit complicated to look at his backstory. 2015 was his rookie year, and he was a breakout rookie powerhouse from South Korea. He was the first hitter who went right from the Korean baseball organization to MLB, which is a pretty big deal. There were a lot of eyes on him, and he was actually in like a rookie of the year battle that first year, but it was a shortened year. And other pitchers had come, and we hear a lot about Asian pitchers especially, but he was the first hitter to come over. And the end of his year ended sadly with a, a knee blowout, doing a hard, uh, getting getting hit, getting slid into when he was fielding second off of a double play. So he had knee surgery. He's out for the rest of his new rookie year. He missed the opening of 2016, came back in May, and just a month later was the sexual assault allegation. 
apparently, this is what is said, and nothing is confirmed because he wasn't charged, but it is said that he met a woman on an online app, uh, invited her back to his hotel room, gave her a drink, and she passed out. Not passed out, but she was out of it. Something insinuating that something was in the drink, right? She said she was in and out of consciousness and she reported that she was sexually assaulted. This was at an away game. So they were at a hotel in an away in away city during the baseball season. This was in June. The timing was such that this would have been the first opportunity that Major League Baseball would have had to investigate based on their brand new at the time sexual assault um, mm-hmm. policies, right? They had a domestic abuse policy, and here's what happens if you are accused of that. They just instituted at that time a sexual assault policy. This would have been the first one. But as you said, the police investigation, the actual mm-hmm. law enforcement investigation languished basically because the victim, the woman who accused him, kind of disappeared. She stopped responding. They couldn't get a hold of her anymore. So charges ended up not ever happening. So it's in the rumor level. We just don't know because the investigation never finished. And we couldn't find any evidence of implications of this allegation on his playing that year. And maybe we need to do a little, we tried to do some research, but it seems like because there were no charges that he kept playing. Is that right? As far as we can tell, that is absolutely true. Finishes 2016, goes back to South Korea in the offseason. December 2016, gets arrested for a DUI. It was his third, unbeknownst to the Pirates. The Pirates didn't know about at least one of the DUIs that he had. I think they may have known that he had had one. This one was interesting because he actually had a sponsorship with a with a car manufacturer, oh, that's right. he was and he was that given car. a car, and he was driving that car when he had when he crashed because of his alcohol blood his blood alcohol level. Such bad optics on that on so many levels. And the weird thing about this is the reason why he ended up missing the 2017 series is because he couldn't get the visa. So this is my big question: is, oh, Wait, hold on, because the DUIs the right. DUIs prevented him from getting the visa to exactly. come back to this country. To play baseball, the third DUI, and I don't know if the if the three is the magic number or what, but he three is the magic number. The, three is always the magic number. He couldn't make it back here for the 2017 season, so I have a lot of questions about what if it were a U.S. born player, would they have been able to play after three DUIs? Is the, is that all right? You're not in jail, or you're, you're eligible to play? Go ahead, sure, it'll be fun. So hanging out in in Korea for the summer, not coming back. He knew he had to do something, and the Pirates needed a, him to do something. To get back so, in baseball shape. Yeah. So he went to the Dominican Winter League and did crappy there. And Manny Acta was his manager, and there were some issues about maybe he wasn't eating well because the the schedule there, not quite up to the pro league standards. He said he felt like he never fit in there, right? So he kind That's of put it on that. Too. It was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not part of all of this. Nobody in the stands was wearing one of his jerseys. No one was supporting him, mm-hmm. you know, like, like cheering him on. None of that happened. Plus, all of the logistical things were a problem for him, so he says. Yeah, because we're talking two languages here. He, he said he was trying like sprinkles of Spanish and sprinkles of English to communicate with other pe- people. I, I'm imagining a Korean player in the Dominican League's in the winter is kind of hard for communication. He, he batted like one something. I mean, it was pretty it bad. It was bad. He had a terrible time. So then he's back and back into the Pirates minor league system doing much better. And the Pirates just reinstated him to their 40-man roster, which means that he could be brought up. So is that okay? Right now, they're keeping him at AAA. They're not bringing him up. 
He's at AAA right now. I don't know what he's going to have to do to prove himself. And my question is, is he going to be welcomed back in any way, shape, or form? There are there have been a bunch of editorials in Pittsburgh newspapers mm-hmm. and blogs and whatever saying, I don't want him back. Do you want him back? We don't want him back. And they're all character related. Part of it is his playing because he's never gotten back to that almost rookie of the year season he had right. in 2015 after the injuries and then being gone and all of this. He, so he's not that good anymore. He may come back in that respect. But the character question is looming large right now. I think that Pittsburgh is using our baseball boyfriend rules, you know? Good for them. Right? I mean, it's not just about skills, which are also kind of shady right now. But it's also what kind of person are you? He's saying all the right things. He, you know, he's got a good. He's contrite. I don't know if he's got a good publicist or he right. really means it. But he's saying, "I'm taking full responsibility. I haven't had a drop of alcohol for you know since this happened." He and has a driver, right? He has a driver. He's not allowed to drive because of the three DUIs. So okay, his maybe translator, that's why he has a driver. His okay. translator is actually his driver right now. So oh, I'm convenient. Very curious to see what the Pittsburgh fan base mm-hmm. is going to do if they try to bring him up to the majors again. On a lighter side, can I just add that I really want a Yuri Gurriel uh, gnome. Gnome troll. Troll gnome? That's I, I don't wrong, think both of it? those words should be in that sentence, but I saw it online and both of those words were in that sentence. So somebody needs an editor over there with the Astros. And somebody needs to send me to the June 23rd Astros game because that's when they're giving out the Yuri, Yuli Gurriel gnomes with troll hair and i've just admired his hair since the world series last year when you take off the helmet the flip is amazing this little troll it there's he posted on his own twitter himself brushing his troll hair hair to make it stick up and do that kind of floppy thing that he kind of does they probably could have called it a gnome with flow flow gnome i like it (laughs) that would have worked Here's what I'm excited about in the week ahead. The Phillies are going to be in town playing the Nationals, so I can watch Reese Hoskins up close and personal. Hopefully, I can watch him hit very well and yet still lose to the Nationals. That is my goal. Always the best thing when we're talking about boyfriends. I'm sinking fast in the fantasy boyfriend baseball league. I'm sinking so fast. I think a lot of it is pitching because right now the Indians aren't winning games and the Nationals aren't winning games. So my pitchers aren't getting the things in the win columns. And that is making me so sad. And I am now sunk. You're not totally sunk. You're still twice in the top five. I'm only once in the top five and I'm number one still. But dropping like crazy and our friend deborah in california she's in number two now we actually have a placement change this week but she is hot on my heels she is so close i think there's six points between us then your commish and your ncib so see you're still twice in there and fifth place, Art Tacoma Par- Park Socks. Happy Father's Day, honey. He's coming to get me. I think next week he's going to be number four. I can't believe I'm saying it out loud, but he's doing really, really well. We will report back next week after we have a good week of going to Nats Park to see some baseball games. We Woo. got the O's in town. We got the Phillies in town. We got baseball to go to, which makes me really, really happy. If you're not watching baseball, you should be listening to this podcast, telling your friends all about it. You should be subscribing and rating and reviewing on Apple Podcast and Stitcher and wherever you get your podcasts. And until then, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth.